Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hello, Ward. Eric, hello. This is a big one. This is it a big is. one every year. It, I mean... It's like uh, Christmas uh, Eve, uh, uh, New Year's Eve, um, the night before my birthday all rolled into one. We are four days away? Uh, that, four not, days away. 96 hours. We are 90. That was quick. That was it, that was quick. Yeah, I, w- I was a little concerned with the gap from 72 to 96. So that was where I added real fast. That's what you do. You want 72 plus 24. You don't do 48 plus 48 in your head? No. Good. We are 96 hours away from Indiana basketball playing in the 2022-23 season. Expectations are sky high. I just can't wait. But before we get into that, let's hope that Indiana basketball, like us this year, is powered by communitycars.com. I'm going to use my soft voice as we come out of the fade out. Ooh, I like that. Can I do it too? Sure. And I'm going to read you a private message that I got. Ooh, uh, somebody slipped into your DMs. Yes. Who's your daddy XY? actually slipped into my pms and said eric i can't do the whole thing in the soft voice it just feels weird sure eric just wanted to shoot you a message regarding community cars my wife and i have been looking for a new suv for a few weeks only to be met with pushy salesmen and unreliable help in our local cincinnati dealerships i reached out to community cars to see what they had and man what a difference it made. We were able to negotiate a trade-in and price on a new vehicle we were interested in over email without ever feeling like we just went 10 rounds in the ring. The staff was straightforward, honest, and professional at every step and even offered to ship us the car. We politely declined as we often look for any reason to get back to Bloomington. We walked in the dealership, dropped off our keys, picked up our keys, and had time to enjoy the rest of the day on this beautiful campus. Could not recommend community cars enough. How much better is that than any plug we've ever just made up? <laughs> There's nothing else to say. Communitycars.com, communitycars.com. But that does lead us to, look, we love being supported by and supporting people that run businesses that support Indiana University. Of course. And there is no one supporting Indiana University in a tangible way with the basically the school he created at, at Indiana and just public persona than Mark Cuban. Correct. And Mark Cuban is behind another company that is just doing 
It's doing instead of talking. I mean, one of the biggest news stories that's been around for, I mean, I'm honestly, since we were kids, is healthcare and healthcare costs, and specifically costs of prescription medication. Yes. Mark Cuban founded costplusdrugs.com, costplusdrugs.com, which is an unbelievable company. If you are on a medicine right now that you're paying a lot of money for, or even if you don't think you're paying a lot, but you're paying a moderate amount, go to the website. They have over, what, a 1,000 drugs, I think, that they do? Over a 1,000, yep. Type in the name of the drug, and transparently, you will see how much it costs from them and how much you compare it to what you're typically paying. The it, savings are insane. It's it's a flat 15% markup on what they're paying for it. And the way we like to be so transparent uh, about what's going on with NIL, this is what they're preaching. It's like you can see exactly what they're making. And when you hear about these markups, even on, on COVID medications that some companies are, it's in the hundreds or thousands of a percent markup that it's a flat rate 15%. It's like, w w w why did it take this long for somebody to still make some money but, yeah, it's but, a business. It, but, but but that that to provide people all across the country. And is this available in other countries, too? Because we I don't know. I think right now I don't know. I can't speak to that. Yeah, we'll I go to know. the website because we do have a couple listeners in Mexico and Japan and wherever else. Costplusdrugs.com. It's uh, it's a beautiful thing for humanity. It really is. I mean, again, it's doing instead of talking. We hear politicians talk about it. We hear leaders talk about it. You, newspaper articles, radio hosts. Everybody wants to talk about how expensive healthcare costs are. And Mark Cuban is making a huge difference with cost plus drugs. Also, if you are running a business in Indiana and you are self-insured, there's a way to get your companies to negotiate with them for their generics and save a ton of money. So if you're interested in that, send us a private message or email us at HoosierHysterics at gmail.com, HoosierHysterics at gmail.com, and we'll get you connected to somebody over there um, that, that will help you figure that out. It's an amazing company. Mark and Cost Plus and Mark as a whole has been so supportive of us and our NIL efforts. So we want to return the favor and support CostPlusDrugs.com. And that just is going to help. It's just the ultimate win, win, win all the way around. Uh, okay, maybe maybe a couple big pharmaceutical companies, it doesn't win for them, but that's that's the Not idea. Them. That's the idea. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's get into IU sports. Let's touch on football. Briefly. The season is now over. For all intents and purposes. Well, look, we had three wins, and you look at the schedule and you look at Rutgers, Michigan State and Purdue as the three games left on the schedule that were winnable. And I'm using air quotes for that. And we just totally shit the bed after, you know, a good start, a really good start to that game. Seems familiar. It does. And it's just really sad. It's just sad. I'm sad about it. I mean, these guys are trying as hard as they can. We don't have the talent. Uh, whatever the coaching messages have been have not resonated in the way that makes people rise above what their talent level is as much as it did in 2020. It has not worked in 2021 or 22. The quarterback play has been uh, inconsistent at best. I, I do see a lot of people screaming for Connor's head. You got to put somebody else in. And it reminds me of the Winston Churchill quote that 
capitalism is the worst form of an economic system except for all the others. And Connor Bazelak is the worst choice for quarterback except for all the others. If Tom Allen thought that, you know, what's his name? Uh, Williams was a better quarterback. He'd be playing like he's a young guy who does not have a command of the playbook or the offense. And if he does have a ton of potential, the last thing you want to do is throw him out there in front of a line or behind the line that can't block when you've got big boys like Penn state and Ohio state and Michigan coming or no, we already played Michigan, right? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Penn state and Ohio state coming. You don't want this guy to get his confidence totally destroyed and maybe even hurt like physically hurt. I think you just ride with Connor the season is pretty much lost. I mean, it's sad, but th- there is no real path to winning six games this year. It's unfortunate, uh, the game of football in general, as a Hoosier and Colts fan. But, you know, this big move, which you you were breaking news for me, that Matt yep. Ryan was being benched for Sam Ellinger. And, and, but in the professional game, there's, there's something to be gained there. One, uh, that Sam has a command of the playbook. He's shown improvement. He had preseason snaps. And and the Colts can enter into the stretch uh, the rest of the season where it's like, well, uh, we find out what we really might have in Sam. And if Sam isn't the answer, then you're getting yourself a good draft position. In the college game, there is no equivalent. You can't really uh, tank and better yourself for the next year. No, so it then hurts what... you, I would argue. I would argue. I mean, What's I, think that? It hurts, I, I would argue it even hurts you more because it just adds to the narrative oh. of how bad everything is there. For sure. So then if if now this bowl game, which I think going into the season, we would all agree, not a January bowl game, just a bowl game would have been a mark of success and even potentially certainly progress from last year that you could build upon. It's like now how do you as a coach, coaching staff, players dig deep and and progress somehow between now and the end of the season against at least a couple of ferocious opponents to try to put yourself in a better position at the end of this season than you are right now. Ugh, I don't envy any of those guys because it's just a, the mental warfare to try to get yourself up in the morning to go out and grow when it does already feel like all the work you've put in in the off season and in this season is not going to bear any kind of tangible fruit at the end. Yeah. And I think that's the saddest part is you, it, it, watching that game, it seemed like the team accepted their fate, like in the second half, it just felt like they're give not, I, I hate saying players give up, but there is no doubt that lack of confidence sets in. And we've seen this story play out now five games in a row where we just falter and fall apart at the end of games and in the second halves. And that's what's happened. They're just not good enough. And you know that the enthusiasm that existed for this team coming into this season and then starting to, I don't want to say roll because the games weren't pretty, but we won. We had three wins. We were three and one. We were finding a, a way to win. We were finding a way to win. And you know that the players that had been around last year who thought that last year was the fluke, great, we're three and one. Now we're three and five. The belief in uh, winning has just got to wane. It's a it's human nature. I don't care what LEO is about. The the hu- human nature is you look around and you go, I, I don't know how we win this game. And um, it's a sad state of affairs for Indiana football, and there is no easy solution, and there is no quick fix. 
it is but, it is convenient that as the the funeral dirge plays for the football season good the word good word choice on dirge thank you d i r g e dirge yeah, it's in the song american pie um uh, it's such a long song. Is that like in the I think fifth there's verse? the line is while the quartet sang dirges in the park. Yes. Got I it. I think that's the, the line. But Don McLean, there. American poet. They all thought he was the next Dylan, but that was basically all he had. There's a great song called Starry Starry Night. Did he? It's about it? Vincent Van Gogh. That's Don McLean's song that I love. I'll check it out. You oh, know I which it. one I finally listened to was the one from the carpool episode with uh, Michael Reese. Or, uh, oh, did you listen to the young New Mexican puppeteer? So good. Tom Jones. Right? Oh, yeah. I love that song now. Isn't it hilarious? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's kids carving Martin Luther King out of a puppet, like I don't know, <laughs> out of wood. It is a crazy song. I'm glad you listened to it. Yeah, yeah it's a yeah. fun one. Good wreck. Good wreck. Yeah. But hey, man, look, we're uh we I I, I don't I I because I think years and decades of Indiana fanhood and being deprived of off seasons with so much optimism. It all builds to this point in my life, maybe yours, maybe others of like, I don't think I've ever been this excited for an Indiana season. You could go back to the preseason number one, Cody v Vic team, you know, but, but then you add like 10 years of, of mostly disappointment on top of that. And I'm so damn thirsty for a great team a really great team and damn it if there's been nothing to temper our expectations pretty much ever since the end of last season it's just like it's all been coming up roses but now we'll see what they really smell like i cannot wait uh let's talk a little about predictions for for the season uh i think you and i went a little bit on text i think I mean, look, I think this team goes 16 and four in the Big Ten. That is optimistic. I think we go 16 and four in the Big Ten. And then I think looking at the schedule, I think we lose two of the four big games, I'm going to say, in the, in the schedule. But then I think two, three, four, five, six, seven. Two of the three. Yeah. It's uh, so you're not counting Xavier because we decided that that's not in the same echelon. No, I am. I'm saying we lose two of those four. Oh, okay. Two. Oh, uh, yeah. Got it. But you could say two of those three, you know, because if you don't count Xavier, we could very well lose to North Carolina and Kansas, you know, or something like that. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think those are the only two games we lose in the in the non-conference. Um, did you? Because I know I texted it to you when the schedule first came out, but I can't. I can't remember where I ended up overall. How many games do we have overall? That's what I'm looking at right now. Hold on one second. Two. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven non-conference games. So we play 31 games. I feel so I'm like going I, 16 and four. I had and then nine and two. So 25 and six. I had us at 24 and seven. Okay. Well, there we go. So you think we lose to Kansas? 
in I think we beat Arizona. Yeah, I think if if I were betting, I'd say we we win uh, Arizona and North Carolina, lose Kansas. Wait, God, I don't think we lose to North Carolina and Bloomington. I don't. Wow, number one team in the country. All right, forgetting the regular season and Big Ten records because it doesn't really matter. What does this team end up doing in March? What's your prediction? How far does this team go? Uh, I clearly, I hope, I'm hopeful we win a national championship. <laughs> I don't think that's off the table. I All really right. don't. With our talent and experience, if we click at the right time, I it's it's not it's not crazy when you're going into the preseason where most most everybody has you in the top fifteen. It's not if, crazy, if, but if know, it's a roulette wheel. And and different finishes are on the wheel, and you have to put your chip on one of the spots. What is it? Um, I would like I would bet I would bet we get to the elite eight. Wow! All right, I was going to say sweet sixteen, um, but but elite eight—that's a hefty prediction. I like well, it. It's interesting because if let's say the consensus is we're preseason twelve or thirteen. That like splits it right down the middle yeah. between sixteen and eight. It so does. if if you only make it to the 60, 16, is like oh maybe that's a little disappointing. That's just at the kind of bare minimum. Uh, but if you get to the eight, okay, we actually over exceeded expectations, and I really do expect that from this team. Like barring injury, I feel like this is uh, on paper uh, with the experience, with the talent. Um, and, you know, I think what will be fun to watch is if that's all there by any sort of objective measure, and and I'm saying objective measure, those who are not crazy Indiana fans like us, but who cover college basketball professionally, if they're all reasonably saying around 12 or 13, then then a lot of the, I'd say, pressure, which will come up later, um, is on the coaching staff on do you get the talent you have to uh, perform as expected or, or overperform? And I think, you know, this is, this is now fully Coach Woodson's team. You know, the guys he's retained, the guys he's brought in, and now most of them, except the freshmen, have had more than a year under his tutelage. We'll really see what we got in a coach and what he gets out of those players and the kind of adjustments he he makes as the season goes along. It's got to be so fun to watch. Let's hope it's really fun to watch. I I almost said I hope, but I I didn't want to, I didn't want to like put a disclaimer hey, look, on it. Let's go real quickly on starting five. I think we're agreed on what the starting five will be, right? We think, I think it's going to be everybody is. Yeah. yeah. We think it's going to be Jalen and, and X in the backcourt Miller at the three race and trace at the four and five to start. Who, uh, who do you think All right, trace is leading scorer on the team? I don't think there's much debate there. Leading rebounder too. who's leading number two. Shot. Who's number two on scoring. Ooh, that's a good question. I'll, I'll go with X. I'm with you on X. Who's number three? I'm just so curious as to what kind of score Jalen's going to be. I know. I think because he's so strong and big that he'll just force his way to the free throw line enough in the lane, finishes in the lane and, and free throws to be like, you know, and I don't expect like double digits even, but somewhere in the like, eight to 10 point range where I think race Thompson will end up being too. Yeah. 
you know, somewhere yeah. around there. Because uh, look, then, I, th- I think on a given night, it's like Miller gets hot and he could get twenty. And I think when you hope. talk he about, he only did that one time last year. But he's got four dudes on the court that are going to take a lot of attention. And I, I do feel like Miller is going to have uh, better opportunities, you know, whether X growing into his role um, at the end of last year and how he can hopefully even expand on that. This And, and with Jalen, the precision of where Agreed. he puts those passes, that I think Miller, it's going to be easier for Miller to score more points. And, you know, I think we're looking at Trace at, you know, 18 to 20 a game pretty consistently. And then all those other four guys will regularly be in the 8 to 12 range. I really want to see Trace get more than 10 rebounds a game. I do. I want to see him averaging a double-double. There's no reason with his athleticism and his age and his body and strength, he should not be getting 10 rebounds a game. I want to see a double-double from Trace. I would say the only way um, it's not happening is that you have somebody like Malik coming in more often. Like, will we see Will we see minutes uh, managed a little a little. I, mean, I think I more know. for race than trace. Well, I, I, I sort of am already viewing them as like a three headed monster right. where it's like two will be on the court pretty much all of the time, which should be terrifying for big 10 opponents with yeah. everything we've been hearing about Malik, that it's just like, Oh my God, this is the dude they're bringing in off the bench. Like I, I thought I, I was going to argue... get a break for a second. I, I agree though. I would argue, and I don't know if there's a Greek mythological car- uh, creature for this, but it is a three-headed monster where one of the heads is clearly bigger than the others. <laughs> sure. Like yeah. it's it's, it's Trace and yeah. then two other faces, heads underneath him. Yeah. Um, uh, who are you most excited to see play and who are you most concerned or just worried about playing? Well, I would say most excited because he's the new toy is Jalen. Sure. And and in the role he'll be playing, it's just such an unknown. Because I watched, what, five minutes of highlights ever? Right. Got to see him do the scrimmage at FanFest, and that was so tantalizing, what I saw at the A Fan little bit Fest. of the Geico Nationals. I watched those games. Yeah, I, I did not. So it's it's really such an unknown quantity to me with so much hype around it. Um, you know, because I think then of the returning players, it's we all know maybe so much of the 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 ceiling of this team will be reached with the development of of Scoop and of Geronimo. Like I think that's where we're like there are two dudes who it feels like uh, we've barely scratched the surface, and if you know it, the, it, they become what we all think we've seen in, in flashes. It's like, oh, shit. You know, going to what we talked about before we started recording, the, the story came out about um, uh, a pundit, a reporter coming to an IU practice and being like, they have two starting fives. They have two right. Big Ten level starting fives. And that's that's what you want to hear. Yeah. I mean, I think it's ridiculous, but but I, I like we like hearing it. Uh, since you uh, answered Jalen for most excited to see, I'm going to say scoop because of that, that I think that so much of the ceiling of this team is about, can he really take a jump? And he clearly has the talent to, I am most concerned with Jordan slash Miller with Miller. It's because we know how serious he takes it and how much he wants it. 
And I just hope that he is not crushed by his own expectations, which I think got in the way last year. I and hear with- that. I kind of, I do also kind of hope because of, of the new guys and of, you know, trace all season or all American preseason, this good stuff that, that maybe it's easier for Miller to not feel like so much of the team's success is dependent on him. Yeah. I think and, that's and, good. And he can just be kind of settled into it in year two of his very important role, but, but ultimately not central. He also just in talking to him and watching him and seeing him, there is a swag slash contentment to him that I don't think existed last year where he seems very comfortable in what his role is supposed to be on this team where last year he was not ever comfortable in that role. And and part of that is just, it was year one, new team, new program, new coach. Absolutely. Feeling it out. Now I think he knows exactly what's expected of him, how he gets minutes on the floor, what his value to the team will be. And hopefully he just goes out there and balls Jordan, I'm concerned for, and when I say concern, I mean it because I love these guys and I want them to do so well. The whole storyline of Jordan thinking of himself more as a three, like that's a tough transition for a guy who like was not lighting the world on fire yet at the position that he was in. He was showing us great moments, and I think he could be an absolute star in that role. But I do wonder... Does he try too hard to be that other thing? And will that prevent him from being the best thing that we know he can be? Yeah, I have faith this culture to just use that damn word people use way too much in sports these days of. uh, But if it's coming from Coach Woodson, who clearly is like looking for what's best for the program and for these guys individually. If, if anybody's going to get the players to buy into their roles on this team for this season, not saying, Hey, this is, this is what you've got to be for the future. Um, I, I, I hear both of those concerns. Um, but I think I'm optimistic uh, on both fronts that both will settle into their roles for this season, for this team not only because of the coach, but because of of the clear chemistry and camaraderie these guys have amongst each other. I think any sort of insecurities or egos that can crop up in team sports when you just really like everybody you're around and you realize, hey, this is this is what I'm here to do to make sure we all end up like winning because they all really it feels that they're so much more focused on the team winning than expanding their games to get that look by the NBA scouts that I, I want to believe everybody is, is being communicated to like, Hey, this is what we need you to do and can just flourish in their role. Uh, I, the, the specific thing I'm most excited to see is I am most, I think last year, the thing I was most excited to see was Xavier driving, bringing defenders to him and ooping to trace, which Mm -hmm. didn't happen enough until the end of the year. And then it was so exciting. I think what I am most excited about this year is seeing X have the ball on one side of the court, try something, it not work, 
swing the ball to the other side where Jalen is able to penetrate and do something on that side that does work or, or vice versa. The idea that we have two playmakers that are very tough to guard on both sides of the court is just something we have not had. I do not remember a time when we had it. I mean, I, I just do not remember when we had two point guards playing their natural position as point guard and, and really good at it at the same time. I don't remember an Indiana team that had that in recent memory. Yeah, no, it is. It is a rare thing. And, you know, in terms of that March run, you always hear about, you know, the experience uh, of your backcourt and how vital that is. And obviously Jalen is new to the college game, but he's been playing against high level competition for a long time. And he's a freak. He's going to go to the NBA after this year. So you've got to feel good about that, even with his youth. And it's weird. Like I would, if you're like, you could only want watch one part of Indiana's game this year. I'd be like, yeah, I want to see that. What you said is exactly what I want to see the most. But I just, uh, my mind immediately jumps to, I just can't wait to see us be even better on defense. I know, like it's got to be people crazy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, even our 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 guest today talks a little bit about an attribute of this team that he saw up close and personal that I don't think you would have even said last year because of the addition of Jalen and Malik. You know, it is a different kind of team. And if that defense gets better, then your final four prediction national championship is well within reach. What do you say we get to our guest? I think that's exactly what we should do. Here comes our guest. Here comes our guest. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, always back again. A little bit different situation this time from the last time we spoke to him. Oh, as a Hoosier, but uh, you know he's got to uh, he's got to sow his wild oats. Eric, who are we talking to? Hailing from Jasper, Indiana, where he starred and scored more than thirty a game in his senior year for Jasper High School. We are talking to a gentleman who is second all time on the Indiana career assists list, behind only Yogi Ferrell. And just a few behind him, probably pissed off that he's behind him. Let's be honest. Every time he sees that list, you know, he's mad. Uh, this gentleman played for the greatest coach of all time and then began his coaching career coaching with the greatest coach of all time. He was a Texas Tech grad assistant under Bob Knight. He then went to Stephen F. Austin, continued his coaching career at Eastern Illinois before finding his way to Butler for five years, where he reminds me often that when we were number one in the country, they beat us. We can move on from that. From there, he went with Tim Miles to Nebraska, where he led Nebraska, along with Tim and the staff there, to the best success that Nebraska had had in basically ever. From there, took his talents to I wish I could say South Beach, but it was, let's say, Long Beach, close enough, to UCLA, where all they did with Mick Cronin at UCLA was go to a Final Four and become uh, the the staff that reestablished UCLA as a national power. And then finally, someone was smart enough in the country to realize what they had there. And they brought this gentleman back to Indiana, his home state, where he is the head coach of Ball State entering his first season just days away. We could not be happier to welcome our friend, Michael Lewis. We, you know, like I, I get friends and, and you get back to campus and you do the, you know, the fantasy stuff. And I get, I get buddies that contact me. Like, you know, these guys, like you, you actually know these guys. And like, I have to explain to them, like, like you're a real dude. Like you're not this, 
crazy clown that they see on this this <laughs> podcast. Like you, you have a real job. You're very successful, both of you. And you know, like you've you've actually like Eric, you've won Emmys. Like you know, got things like they're real dudes. They're not these crazy idiots on the, on some podcast. You know? So you have to defend our friendship. I do. I have to defend, uh, and, and we'll, <laughs> we'll call it a friendship. We'll if, use that if, if if what you're saying is. If all we were was this, you would not be friends with us. Yeah, well, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> but I, I do. I find myself defending you guys way too often. <laughs> uh, that's fair. I think I think most people in our lives would say a similar sentiment. Yes. I think that that is a, a common refrain. All right, man, you're a head coach of a Division One college basketball program. There's a lot to get into. How the hell is it going? It's day to day, you know, like we, it's good today. We didn't practice, you know, we're, we're all, <laughs> we're off today. Um, but no, I tell you, it's, um, it, it's been everything I thought it, I thought it would be probably. And, and, and then some, um, you know, there's, there's, you know, everybody, you think you're prepared, right. And, and you've, I've worked for some amazing people that, that, um, you know, give you a, a foundation to be successful, but, um, you know, then, then those guys tell you like, you're, you're never, you're never fully prepared. You're never ready until you actually go through it. And um, even without coaching a game yet, there's been some things that, you know, just come up that, um, you know, like, Hey, like, you know, I mean, you knew this was going on, but now it's on your plate. Um, but it's, it's been great um, to be back here in this state. Uh, it's been great. Uh, Muncie's um, been very welcoming in Yorktown where my, my daughters go to school. Um, you know, they fit in, um, you know, very easily and, and just, uh, you know, I couldn't ask for a, uh, a better welcoming um, from from the entire state for for not only my family, but our uh, the staff that we brought in here. Um, I just hope that they're uh, I say it all the time. I hope they're as excited uh, three or four years from now um, about us as they are right now. What's been the most surprising thing so far? Uh, just all the the little details that you, you know, as an assistant, you know, they ju you just know they get taken care of, you know, and, and now as a head coach, um, you know, and, and some of it may just, you know, being, you know, at a mid-major school instead of a power five, like, you know, those, those little day-to-day detailed decision type things that, that come across your desk, um, you know, from, you know, anywhere from, you know, picking, you know, like planning our, our first road trip, you know, when we're going to eat, you know, when we're going to meet, you know, all those type of things to, um, you know, just the, the normal day to day of things that go go on uh, in your in your office and just the different things. Um, <clears throat> you know, I think I think the public would be surprised at the number of people um, that it that it takes to, um, you know, pull off events like we do here in, in college athletics. And we, we had a um, what I thought would be a 10 or 15 minute meeting yesterday about um, how our team takes the floor. And it turned into a 45 minute ordeal with about, you know, 23 different people trying to figure out, you know, how we're going to try to create some excitement when, when we take the floor. And it's like, man, I just want to coach ball. Right. But like <laughs> all these, all these, uh, all these things go into it, but it's, it's, um, it's, it's been a ton of fun. And, and like I said, like, it's, it's not, this is not work, man. This is, this is, um, you know, basketball and you get it, you get it, you know, turn it into a, to a profession. So um, it's been a ton of fun. All right. Well, you could say it's not work, but it is a lot of work. And I remember having conversations with people like Bruiser Flint and other assistants at, 
at Indiana specifically, where we would talk about like when they were in the middle of a losing streak or something. And I'd be like, I feel for them, you know, like how hard that was. And I remember Bruiser once going, yeah, it sucks, but Archie's the head guy. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm just the assistant. Like, it's my job to help, but the losses are on his record, not mine. Yeah. And and he was joking around. But but there is a difference in the pressure you feel as an assistant versus a head coach. Now, granted, you have not played a game yet, but do you feel the difference in just the pressure that this program and its success and failures are yours more than you have at any of the steps so far in your coaching career? You know, I, I'm not a big fan of the word pressure, you know, I, so I, I don't know um, if I would completely agree with that. I, I think, um, you know, when, when you're asked to do the things that you're asked to do as a head coach, like you, you very quickly learn that, that this, this chair is different. Um, you know, but, you know, I still haven't lost the game. We're undefeated yet, <laughs> you know, so like we haven't had those, those things, but um, no, you, you do, you do. I, I look at it as I have um, an unbelievable opportunity um, to, to restore a basketball program uh, in the state of Indiana where, uh, where people really, really care about basketball. And I think, um, you know, just moving around, not only Muncie and, and our campus and our community, but, you know, we've had a couple things in, in Indianapolis and, and moving around and recruiting, um, you know, and just different people coming up and, um, you know, excited about, you know, what what our program can be um, and just just a general overall excitement um, about what what Ball State can become, you know, and, and I think, um, you know, they, we, you see it at Indiana, like when when the athletic programs are successful, um, you know, when they're winning at a high level, like it just generates a, an overall much more positive feeling about the university as a whole. And I think there's a, there's been a lot of alumni uh, in the area and in the state um, that want to feel good about Ball State and, and want to get excited about the Cardinals and, and what we're trying to do. And, and uh, for us to be able to, to um, you know, provide that a little bit and, and hopefully build upon um, their excitement, um, you know, I, I, it's a great opportunity. I don't look at it as pressure. I look at it as, a, as an opportunity. Um, now, you you asked me in a month, and you know, we we take a few L's. I may feel a little bit different. But, um, <laughs> it is it is it is good, and you know, I, I got there's been a lot of neat stories. Um, you know, in in the first five or six months that I've been here, of of uh, you know, just people being being proud to be a part of Ball State and excited about what Ball State can become again. How involved in the day-to-day -day operations is David Letterman? Hey, I wish he'd walk in my door every day with a check and say, hey, man, what can I do for you? Like, how can I help you program, you know? Um, I, I do know this. I, he, he has, uh, you guys are sure aware, he's got an unbelievable, um, you know, school here on campus that, that the kids do unbelievable work. They, um, you know, I, I just, matter of fact, I, they're doing, working on our, our intro video and, and I, I just had to do a voiceover for him. Um, and as a professional as acting uh, 20 year olds uh, that I've ever dealt with, you know, like wow. when you walk in those situations, um, you, you don't know when they're student led and ran. Um, and they were, they were, when I walked in, everything was set up, ready to go, um, you know, bang, bang, bang. We got it done. And it was, uh, it was fantastic. Would you say that, would you say that, let's hear what? We want to hear the VO. Give us a yeah, little. Do you, do you know your lines? 
No, I can't remember them. I had to read them, and that was tough enough. But yeah, I was going to uh, say, yeah. shocked. Did uh, you use? They use pictures. I, I don't know what they do. I sit there and read a piece of paper. I mean, you know this stuff. Like, <laughs> I mean, you you make it look good. I was the talent, dude. I was the talent. That's right. You're the talent. <laughs> but um, um, no, you know, I I was just you know they they do great work. I you know obviously you know I I, I looked at their stuff. They they've won. Um, you know, Emmy. So now I, I know more people that have won Emmys. I feel better about myself there, but <laughs> they, um, I was just thoroughly impressed. And so like, you know, what, what Mr. Letterman and his people are doing, um, you know, with the, with the school and, and those, and the things that those people are producing high, high level stuff is pretty neat to, to have that level of, um, here at Ball State on campus. What part of the job in your first, so what you've been there six months now, right? About yeah, something like that. What part of the job do you hate the most? <laughs> um, I, I got to try. I'm trying to count in my head how many people watch this. <laughs> <laughs> you should be done by now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, some of the um, some of the meetings that are obviously important, um, but may not be heavy on my plate, you know, that you that you have to be a part of. Um, you know, probably there's some things that you think, you know, take up, you know, time that you could be better served doing something else, but, you know, are, are meaningful in the, in the grand scheme of things. Um, so those, those are probably, that's probably the stuff that, that I, I dislike the most, you know, the one thing like, you know, you, you always hear coaches, you know, in the summer and, you know, talking about, um, colleges and NBA. And when you, when you go watch a training camp or you talk with NBA scouts or NBA coaches, um, you know, like the, 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 the thing that people enjoy that I've talked to about the NBA is like, you just, it's basketball 24 seven, you know, I mean, there's a few things outside of it, but it's basketball, you're coaching basketball. Um, you know, in college, you get that opportunity, but you're, you're also at a different point in these guys' lives. Um, you're not dealing with professional basketball players. Uh, you have some guys that have futures, but not everybody's going to have that future. Um, and so you're, you're spending a lot more time and it's part of what I enjoy because you get, I feel like you get to make a, a bigger impact on an individual um, than when you're in the NBA. But um, the basketball part, um, unfortunately, is is a smaller percentage than what people would realize uh, at our level. There's a lot more other things, you know, you know, than just, you know, do I get a plan practice and prepare for games um, and, and then coach, you know, during that time. Um, you know, it, it's probably less than 20% compared to, you know, dealing with, um, you know, donors and alumni and administration and recruiting and, um, you well, know, not to mention the academics. I mean, you have yeah. to hold, you have to worry about the yeah, kid got, being eligible. Got, there's no, exactly. there's no, there's no worry about that in the NBA. Exactly. And, you know, then, you know, like, um, if something happens on, you know, at night on the weekend, like that's on me, you know, right. I mean, if, right. If some dude's driving down the street doing crazy stuff in the NBA, like, it's not on the, the head coach. Right. Um, so, but I, I do think there's a lot, like, that's the part I enjoy is you get, like I do, like I said, you get to make a huge impact on these guys in a, in a point in their lives and um, you know, where they're kind of away from their people for the first time. Yeah. Well, and, and coming to that point of now these young men are, are, are your team, you inherited them largely what's that process been like? Is it, is it pretty seamless and they're just like, okay, new coach, let's go. Or do you really have to kind of go through player by player and figure out, you know, what makes them tick? A little bit of both, a little bit of both. I, I will say like, we've, we've got a group of guys that um, have been very open to our staff. 
um, and been very open to the things that we're trying to implement. Um, we've got a group of guys that they want to win. They want to be successful. Um, they're not real sure how to do that yet. And that's, that's on us to, to help teach them. Um, and then, you know, reinforce by, you know, putting them in situations where they can be successful or when, when we fail, like, you know, reiterate, Hey, like, this is why, I mean, these are the things we have to correct, um, to, to ultimately become who these guys want to become. You know, they, they say they want, want to achieve some, some big things. Well, does our behavior and our actions on a day-to-day basis, uh, reflect what we want to become as a basketball team? You know, and so, um, you know, we talk about that a lot. And to do that, you just you got to spend time with them. You got to be you got to be on the court with them. You got to. Um, that's why I changed my office around. I felt like the office looked like a, a principal's office, and um, we, we've changed it. And it's still, you know, there's you see the, some barren walls. Like it's still under construction. But I want them this to be more like a living room. I want them to feel comfortable coming in here and sitting and hanging out. You know, because like, you know, what we do between the lines. Um, that's my job and their job, you know, but what, what we do outside of that, um, you know, I, I want to be there for them. I want to be a, um, you know, a sounding board, a voice and influence, um, you know, to help them, you know, prepare them ultimately for, for a successful life, not just, not just in basketball, but, um, provide them a, a solid foundation where they can be successful in life. One of the things that I'm most fascinated by is the, uh, I don't want to say transformation, but the transition from being an assistant for a long time, you were an assistant for a lot of years and you worked under really, I mean, some of the best. When you think about Brad Stevens, Coach Knight, Mick Cronin, Chris Holtman, like, I mean, you you were there with some really good, you know, I mean, seminal coaches in this and executives now in the game of basketball and great leaders in very different ways. I mean, I think all of those guys like are just so diametrically opposed to each other. It's, it's really fascinating when you're an assistant, of course, you're leading young men in some way, but you're not the leader, but now you're the head of an organization. And it's the first time you've been the head of an organization. You and I've spent enough time talking outside of podcasting where I know you're not like, you're not going to outsource your leadership style to a, to a book, if you will. But where have but you heard you, that before? I can you can tell we've talked, you know? <laughs> but <laughs> but my you line. are I'm not sure if it's yours, but anyway, but <laughs> but you are a leader now of an organization. How have you grown into that? What is your leadership style? Do you even think about leadership style or do you just take every moment as it comes to you? You know, it's it's, it's interesting. I've never really thought of it that way. Um I guess I would probably take um, each instance as it comes. And and I don't know if I have a clearly defined leadership style because I don't think that every situation um, is the same or you can have the same. You know, I think, um, you know, sometimes in certain situations you have to be demanding. Um, You may have to take a, make a tough decision that may not be real popular. Um, You know, the, the right decision all the time isn't the most popular one. Um, you know, I think there's other situations where you've got to be, um, you know, you can't be the tough guy, you know, you got to be the, the shoulder that they can lean on or put your arm around them. Um, so I think I just take each one, um, how it comes. And, and I think, um, the thing that, that I've relied on is I'm very, I've said this before, I'm very comfortable in who I am. 
Um, so I, I'm not trying to be Coach Knight or Brad Stevens or Chris Holtman or or Mick or, you know, like, you know, I I, I can use and and uh, rely on the things that I've learned from them and situations I've seen them in, um, and and what they did. Um, but at the end of the day, I got to be me. You know, and I think, um, <clears throat> you know, right or wrong, I, I'm a very authentic person. Like I don't, you know, I don't have a bunch of you know cliches or you know, little slogans, like I just, I, I am who I am. And, um, you know, I, I, I just wear it out there. And, and I think our guys have, um, they like that, they appreciate it. And they know I'm a truth teller. I'm not going to tell them, you know, even if it's something they don't want to hear, they, they know I'm going to tell them the truth. Uh, I always try to, you know, um, come back to my experiences or people that I've been around, you know, experiences of real life situations, you know, um, because, I think we're at a time in our society where, um, you know, when, when we get these guys in college at this point in their life, they get hit with adversity for the first time. You know, they've had somebody in their life that is, has mowed down all the obstacles for them, you know, or they've just, they, they keep transferring or changing teams or, you know, it's always somebody else's fault. And I don't, I don't think that's what's best, you know? And so when they get, get to us and now it's, you know, they get hit with it for the first time. You got to coach them through how to handle that. You know, you got to coach them that it's okay. You know, that is, you're going to make mistakes and, and, and how to deal with those things. Um, because that's what life is, man. Life doesn't care. Like they don't, you know, they're not real worried about, you know, your feelings or, you know, how many likes you get on Instagram. Like they, these guys put up a post and they get all these likes and they think all these people, oh, look, man, all these people like me. Well, you know, 90% of those dudes that just hit like, you know, they'll take your, they'll take your job tomorrow if given the opportunity and not right. think twice about it. You know, that's so, you know, just trying to keep these guys in a, in a, in a right frame of mind to be successful, you know, and, and just, you know, get outside themselves, realize they're, they're a part of a program here at Ball State that, um, you know, we're trying to build into the, you know, being successful and competing for championships in the MAC. But it's, it's um, my leadership style. Um, you know, I, I, I think I've, you know, I've been in a lot of different situations, whether, you know, when I played or an assistant coach, like you can, you can, you can be a leader as an assistant coach. You just, you got to do it in a little bit quieter way and you got to fall in line with, you know, the program, the guy that's leading it. Um, and I've been around some great ones, but my, my leadership style, I, I guess, Eric, to answer that is, um, you know, I just look at each situation and approach it with what's best um, for, for that thing. And then uh, just being, just being who I am and my authentic self. Uh, just a quick follow-up to that, because the other piece of it is obviously the, the players where you just focused, but you also had to build a staff. Ah, that was my a, question. That's not a follow-up question. That's a totally is, different question. Because I was going to talk about leadership <clears throat> for the staff. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's like, a follow-up. That's a clear follow-up. Well, I could have done that. I was going to do that follow-up. Well, how am I supposed to know you're going to do that? I thought you were asleep By for the letting last me minutes. ask the question. The, really, All right, we just want to talk and, about Meeksy. You go ahead. <laughs> See, no, okay. I know that's this, where he was going. This is how I was going to go. go. I was going to say, well, the this is how I was going to put it. The first, maybe most important decision a coach can make when he's been named head coach, he's taken the job, is assembling your staff around you. Can you talk about that process and why you chose who you chose to be your support staff? Because nobody knows better than Michael Lewis how important good assistant coaches are. 
Yeah, they they gotta they gotta bail me out of a lot of situations. That's a that's a hell of a question too. Oh, Thank you, Michael. Michael Thank you, Michael. You Thank you, that? Coach Lewis. Why would you tell him? Well, well, he would. You know, he he put so much effort in it. You can tell it was well thought out. He probably wrote it down. It's probably sitting on a wall where he's reading. <laughs> it, you know? uh, he was. He was doing no, method acting on that one. Yeah, it uh, it it is huge. And you you one, you know, you got to have people around you um that compliments you and, and cover up your blind spots and uh it was important for me in in um hiring guys uh, that i knew I, I didn't you know especially in this first opportunity to be a head coach i didn't want to walk into a situation um where i'm trying to get to know my staff like i i, I know these guys i know what they're about um, I know they've been a part of successful programs um i know uh, that they're loyal uh, and capable. I know they're in it for the right reasons. They're they're in college basketball for similar reasons that I'm in, in it. Um, and they, you know, they each bring different things to the table that that uh, will help our program. Um, you know, I, I also a big part of it was I wanted uh, each person from my staff to, you know, have different backgrounds, but yet have a connection to the state of Indiana. Uh, I think that's important. Um, you know, in, in, in this job, in this particular job, it may not be for another one, but for this job, I thought it was, was important. So, um, you know, what, you know, Lou Godino, you know, grew up in the state, um, you know, Jamal grew up in Illinois, but played, played at IU, obviously, um, Ben grew, grew up right here in, in Muncie, um, you know, and then, and then Bill Comar has worked, uh, at Indiana, uh, and grew up in, in, was born in Chicago. So, um, they're all very familiar with what basketball means to the state and they have they have different connections um, and they complement each other really well. I couldn't be happier with the staff that we've had. And um, although things that we're doing are new to them or how I want things done may be new to them, um, you know, not only are we coaching am I coaching players, but I got to coach our staff uh, to do the things the way yeah. I see. And, 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 you know, just like I'm trying to get. Um, you know, Demarius Jacobs and Boogie Coleman to, to see the game similar to me. You know, I, I've got to get these, these coaches to, to see the game um, the way that I see it, yet um, trust them enough in their opinions uh, and, and, and empower them to, um, when they do see things a different way, giving me a different, uh, a diff different ideas and a different way of what may be better for our program. So um, those, those guys have been great. I'm super excited about them. Um, and, uh, but no, there's no question that they're, uh, they're, they're the most important thing when you, when you first get started outside of connecting with your players. And clearly Meeks, he also makes you laugh every day, right? He's got, he's, he's got juice, man. I'll give him that. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's 52 years old and that dude, that dude's got energy, man. He's never met a bad day. <laughs> I love that. He's never um, met a bad day. Like I, I walk in and talk to Meeks. He just, you know, like if, if, you know, I get upset about something or, you know, somebody's pissed me off and, and I just, I just, I go talk to Meeksy and man, you just, you know, you walk out of there smiling, feeling better. So um, that's a good, good characteristic to have. When Ward and I first had him on the podcast, we just got off of that and immediately thought that's the guy you want in the room with recruits. I mean, it right. just seems like he's got such an infectious energy for recruits and the parents, yeah. you know, it, it just, he's so magnetic. We no, he's so a dude happy. you want to hang out with. Like you walk out there, like, you're like, I want to hang out with that guy. Yes. You know, like, you know, he's, he's fun. And then, um, you know, like that's it. Like you, you spend a lot of time uh, with your staff. You spend a lot of time with your players. Like, you know, and, and this is something that Mick, you know, Mick told me, you know, we were on a recruiting trip one time and, you know, he's like, Hey, you know, like when you get a job, like you, 
you know, you don't hire your, you know, your, your wedding party, you know, but you, you also, but you got to find guys that you enjoy, you know, hanging out with because you're going to be with them a lot, you know, and, and um, each one of these guys is different, but um, they're, they're all guys that, you know, if you get, you get stuck on a long, long recruiting road trip, like, you know, you, you enjoy hanging out with them. Uh, you mentioned his name and I want to bring him up because he's somebody that Indiana fans clearly remember uh, Bill Comar, otherwise known as BC, who was with Archie for a long time back in Dayton and uh, and then obviously followed him to Indiana for his time at IU. We got to know him and loved him. Just such a such a sweet guy, good guy, organized guy. And I know that he was there before you showed up. And that's always kind of a weird thing on figuring out from a current staff of people, who are you going to keep? Are you going to keep them? Are they loyal to the guy before all that stuff? What's your relationship like with BC? And, and obviously you clicked with him or you wouldn't have kept him. What does he bring to the table? Well, he's one, you know, like, like you said, he, he was with Archie. He was with Sean Miller. Um, you know, he's, he's been around, um, you know, different levels of basketball. He's, he's super highly organized. Um, and when I was looking, um, you know, I like, you know, I think Bill is, you know, assistant to the head coach or, uh, you know, whatever the title is, it doesn't really matter. When I was looking at that position, um, regardless of what the title was, um, you know, I wanted somebody being a first year head coach. I spent a lot of time, a lot of times people will hire like an ops guy um, that is young and, and, and those guys, they're inexperienced, they're young, they, they want to coach basketball. And, and really that's not what that position is designed for. Like you, you got to, I wanted a veteran um, administrator that understood basketball and, um, you know, BC fits in that role, you know, like when, when guys are out recruiting, he, he can easily get on the court and he's good on the court and, and can, can function and, and be a coach. Um, and he can also, he's also fantastic at the administration part. Uh, you know, he's our direct liaison with academics. He, you know, he handles our travel. Um, you know, he, he coordinate, he gets with our, um, our sport administrator, our associate AD that oversees basketball. He, you know, he is the, the go between there really keeps a lot of, uh, BS, you know, off my desk. Um, and I knew he would do that both, you know, Sean and, and Archie spoke very highly of him and like, this is what he can do, um, for you as a first year head coach, you know, here's the value that he's going to bring, you know, shared experiences of when, um, they were first first time head coaches, you know, and and um, you know he does like he 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 keeps me organized, he keeps me on task, he keeps me thinking ahead. Hey, this is coming down. Like, what do you think of this? And um, unbelievably valuable um, part of our staff. I I I wouldn't know um, where we would be without without him because he he he's 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 so capable of doing so many different things. Um, you know, I got to be careful to not just keep throwing stuff on his plate, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, hey, I don't, don't want to do this like BC take it, you know, and because it just, it just piles up and he's, he's, he's a tireless worker. He's not going to say no, but um, he's been fantastic. He's been fantastic. And uh, all of them have been great. All of them have, but he, he is, um, I mean, he's, he's extremely valuable uh, to me and what I'm trying to do. You mentioned me and stuck on long recruiting trips, talking with coach Cronin and it, it made me wonder, you are coming from one of the premier programs of all time in UCLA, and with a, a lot of players that you had, you were recruiting with futures in the NBA or certainly overseas, 
And how do you calibrate and and find a realistic expectation um, going to to, you know, look, you, you started, you know, early on in your career at Eastern Illinois. So you're not unfamiliar with the terrain now, but just your expectations for the kind of player you can attract to Ball State. And once they're there, what can you expect from them on the court? How do you how do you find that balance between wanting to get the very best you can, but also knowing that the deck's a little stacked against you compared to UCLA? Yeah, you know, I, if I wouldn't have been at these this level before, it, it might be a little bit more difficult. But you got to you got to train your eyes. You got to change your eyes. You know, mm-hmm. and you know, like um, you know, our guys might be a little bit smaller. You know, our you know our post player might be a little bit smaller. Um, you know, the, the athleticism, i tell you the, the biggest difference I think is in your, your interior, you know, like your, your inside players. You're, I mean, there's great guards everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, great guards everywhere. You see it all the time. Um, but it, it, you know, you're, you're not, uh, you're not going to get Amari Bailey and a Dembona, you know, like, right. um, but you, but I tell you what, the, once they get on, but you're still looking for all the, the, the other characteristics, you know, do, do they, do they love basketball? Do they love to compete? You know, um, you know, are, are they going to, you know, do they care like what uniform they're in or, you know, would they be just as happy playing shirts and skins? You know, are they competing? Like they're just out there to win, you know? Um, By the uh, way, I never you, liked shirts and skins. I am just going to say that. Well, I don't didn't have a body skin. for that. Yeah, I didn't, didn't have the body for skin. Yeah. I, if, if, if I was picked on skins, I would orchestrate a trade. <laughs> that's hey, I would, listen man hey i don't i don't know if there's any of us going shirts and skins now but like yeah, i don't want to do that it's, <laughs> i would say to everybody i'm like i'm smart enough to know who's on my team i get it i, yeah. I you know well, i don't know skin yeah i wasn't i wasn't you're in the same bowling class i was in so i question whether or not you <laughs> um but no like i'm sure you're still looking for the same characteristics you know the, the toughness the competitiveness do they love basketball um you know are they they about the team are they all about themselves like you know, all those things. Now, once, once you get them on campus uh, and you're working with them, nothing changes. Like, you know, I'm, I'm pushing, really? you, you coach this. No, I'm, I'm pushing Peyton Sparks. Just like, you know, we, you know, pushed Johnny Juzang or Tiger Campbell, you know, like got it. you tell me you want to be the best version. You want to be this. Like I, I got to coach you to, to try to be that, you know, just, just like those guys there, you know, like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think you coach them any different. I mean, how, how disrespectful would that be? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to Luke Bumbleo here at Ball State that like, hey, man, I just, you know, I just worked with Tiger Campbell for three years. Like, nah, I'm just, you know, I'm going to poo-poo you. Like, I mean, how disrespectful is that? Like, I, I got to give Luke Bumble everything I got to try to make him the player that he wants to become, just like we tried to push Tiger Campbell. Let's get into a little basketball wonkiness here. Um, playing style the offensive system that you're bringing, the defensive system that you're bringing. Obviously, you get hired in April. You've got several months before. Well, actually, you jump right in with spring workouts, basically, with players. But I would imagine that your system doesn't get implemented for a little bit of time in the summer. Um, how do you figure that out? Is that you sketching on a on a paper somewhere? Is it all in your head? And then is it guided at all by what you end up seeing on the court with your players or That's where it is. Okay, That's go ahead. You, you, you know, like I've got an idea of how I would ideally like to play, but like, you've got to, you've got to be able to adapt to your roster and what you have, you know, like, 
like I think UCLA is going to probably play a little bit different this year than than we have in the past. I think they're going to have more athleticism on the perimeter. They're going to be able to do some different things, like um, you know, athlete like a Dembona is a different type of athlete than Cody Riley. Mm-hmm. You know, like I've got an idea how I would like to play, but like if that's not the best way for us to to win games at Ball State, like I better be able to adapt. Like you know, like for instance, like we're going to guard ball screens. Uh, a little bit different than, than I'm accustomed to, because I think it's what's best for our team, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it gives us the best opportunity uh, to win. So um, is know, that a tough be... though decision, Michael? Is that a tough? No, cause I like winning. Okay. So it's like, you <laughs> yeah, see, yeah. you have it in your mind, you see it on yeah. the court. You're like, this ain't working. Let's switch. There's yeah, no gotta, big switch. Like it's, this is not about me. Like I, you know, we did, we did something, you know, on a media or something the other day and the, the talk about, you know, that, being on the court Saturday for our exhibition game, the first time, like, listen, man, it's not about me. Like I, I, I had my, you and I have talked about, I've had my experience. Like I was a college player. I loved it. I loved it. I loved everything about it. I do it again in a heartbeat. Like, and because I feel the way about my experience, like that's, that's what I want these guys here at ball state to, to feel about me and, and the program that we're, we're trying to, to implement here. Like this, this is their one time to be a college athlete. And there's so many, it's so different than, the time when I was an athlete, like, you know, so this, this is like players, players make plays, players win games. Okay. We're there to try to try to help them. All right. But this is not about, you know, like anything that, that I'm doing or being back in Indiana. Like I, I get it. It's a, it's a sweet little side story, but this is about um, these guys that have committed to, to staying a part of this program the new guys that we brought in, um, you know, just like, Hey, what can we be? You know, by the end of February, in the you know the March, like what how, what can we be? You know, and that that journey that you get to go on, and all the ups and downs that you go through, um, you know, what what can we end up being? You know, like I, everybody says, what are the expectations? You know, preseason stuff came out today. Like, you know, I, I've never been big in preseason. You and I have argued about this all the time um, because it's 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 you know it's for you guys to get all giddy about, yeah. Right? And then it's for you guys to bitch <laughs> and about we do. When it doesn't go that way. Like, but. You know, like I, I, I would rather us just build our program in a consistent way, and, and then you know play meaningful games in in February and March and be in the conversation. And I don't really care what people think about us um, today. I just want to be in the conversation uh, at the end of the year to put ourselves in a position to compete for championships. You, you're talking about this adapt, uh, being able to adapt to the players you have. But it is similar to, I remember the one of the first questions I asked you when you came on the pod and we didn't know you yet. And I went into this whole thing about the art of passing and how you, you went away from scoring in high school and became an artist with the assist. And you're like, nah, man, I just wanted to play. I just wanted to be on the court. <laughs> and it wasn't about me. It wasn't about me getting points. You know, when you've got AJ Guyton out there, you're gonna figure out how to get him the ball so we can put it down. Um, but I'd, I'd actually like to, to take a step back for a second and how you got into the seat you're sitting in right now, you're not going to walk into a situation where you don't think you can win. So I'm wondering when you're kind of going through that checklist, what were the factors about the ball state job that made you be like, this is a program that I can build and grow into a success? Well, first, when I was when I was coming up, when I was in high school, like if you weren't, you know, if, if it weren't the two big schools in the state, and I know Notre Dame's in Indiana, but it's, you know, it's, it's Michigan uh, almost. <laughs> so, 
Um, Vatican City. Yeah, I mean, if you weren't, you know, IU or Purdue, like at that time, Ball State was the place that that players were going. Like that was the the next the next stop. And so, um, you know, they were, you know, Bonzi Wells was here, you know, who was a lottery pick. Um, they were winning MAC championships. They were going to NCAA tournaments. Like I remember, um, you know, the Chandler Thompson and those guys making a run in the tournament. So you grew up and and, and you saw Ball State have success. Um, they went to the NCAA tournament my senior year of college. You know, like it, so with a bunch of guys, the leaders on that team were guys that were in my class in high school. So mm. I knew those guys. Yeah. So I knew it could be successful. So when that was number one, like I, I've always felt like Ball State was a program that could win. Uh, so that was number one. The icing on the cake. Um, well, actually, you know, second, there was a there was an AD here uh, in Beth Getz that I knew and I trusted and I believed in. Um, and she, you know, introduced me to, uh, the president, Jeff Mearns, who, um, I've hit it off with. Um, and he's, you know, he's not, he, he's a president that understands the importance of athletics within the university setting. He understands, um, you know, what a successful basketball program in this state, uh, can do for his plans for the university and what he wants it to become. Um, and he, he values that, you know, he's, um, so that was the leadership, um, that was here um, aligned with the leadership that I was looking for. And then, then the icing on the cake was, you know, it's, it's, it's in Indiana. Like that's, mm -hmm. that's the, that was the easy one. So like when you, when you had the factor, like, all right, you can win here. I, I truly believe you can win here. Um, and then you have the leadership that in place that, that fits what I'm looking for. Um, those were the major keys, but you know, then obviously when you, when you back it all up with the fact that it's in, in Indiana where, you know, you know, where I've grown up and where I played and knew everybody, um, you know, it just, I mean, it was perfect, you know, and it, it's one of those things like, you know, we've, we've talked about it off podcast before, like, you know, like, well, when you're an assistant here, are you thinking about going there? Like, and I've never been about that. Like you, it, it's hard, you know, you got to fight it. You, you can't let your, your mind go there. Um, but I, I do, I think in this situation uh, here at Ball State, like I'm, I'm truly exactly uh, where I'm supposed to be uh, at this point. Um, let's talk about another big factor in college sports right now. NIL. You donating? <laughs> <laughs> no, my money is all taken. Yeah, um, yeah. What? Obviously, you were exposed to it in year one at UCLA, but when you're an assistant, it's a little bit different and it was year one of it. And it really, I think hit, you know, a threshold point this last off season where we saw what NIL meant for the transfer market, you know, which obviously was the first time that it could play a hand there and obviously recruiting. Um, how important is NIL? What are you seeing as a head coach? And uh, yeah, just talk a little bit about its impact in, in the game. Well, I think it's had a big impact um, in the game. And, you know, it, regardless of what my feelings are, uh, it's here. <laughs> so you you better um, understand how to utilize it. You, you know, it's, it's like the, the transfer portal. When, when, uh, when I got here, I got asked about the transfer portal and if I thought it, thought it was right for – none of that matters, hmm. right? None of it matters. NIL is here. The transfer portal is here. Okay. So it's my job as, as the leader of this program to navigate both of them, to utilize them uh, in the best possible way for Ball State for us to be, be successful. Um, 
you know, it is here. Now, the way it is set up, I'm not sure it's sustainable over a long period of time. We, we've, we've talked about that as well. Yeah. But it is here. Uh, it makes an impact. It's made a direct impact on our program already um, from a recruiting standpoint. You know, that, um, you know. Good we, and bad? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's just one of those things that you have to have to navigate. Um, you know, I, I think we've got, um, you know, I think we got a good situation here at Ball State uh, for a lot of different um, reasons. Um, and, you know, the, the one thing that I, I don't like about everything is, is, is I just, you know, I, and I, I, I'll say this cause I just got the, uh, the spreadsheet, um, you know, like I think the, the, the value of a scholarship has been taken away. You know, they, they you know, student athletes today look at it as, as like, they're just entitled. Well, I'm just supposed to get that. Well, I got buddies still paying off college loans. Right. You know, we're, I'm 45 years old and I got buddies still paying off college loans. Like, um, you know, and, and so, but it is here. I, I think it's, it's going to stay. I think, um, you know, it's been a long time coming. I'm, I'm all for our guys getting money. I, I'm all for it. Um, you know, I, I'm just I'm just worried about the direction of college athletics as a whole. Um, you know, you start going down that rabbit hole, it, it's going to open up a lot of different things. But I do think uh, for for football and men's basketball, um, that is has been a long time coming because some of these guys do provide value. But when you get to our level, and, and I I spoke very candidly to our guys because we, you know, we we have a setup, um, you know that that you know our guys are going to have some opportunities, but. You know, like like an out of state kid on my my team is forty two thousand dollars. Okay, so you look at him in the eye. I'm like, all right, now you're telling me that you think you're you're putting in forty two thousand dollars <laughs> worth of value to this university a year. You know, a year. Right. And and so you start breaking it down. And like, listen, man, like you can provide that type of value if we win and go to an NCAA tournament. You know, anything less than that, like we're, we're stealing, you know, <laughs> we're stealing. Right. Um, but you know, nobody's ever in, in and it's not that I'm against, it. like I'm all for it, but like you, you, I just, I believe in having the direct and honest communication with these guys of, sure. of what actually that they have, you know, in, in front of them. Cause, cause I'm, trust me, they, they know I'm, I'm behind the scenes. I'm fighting for them day and night uh, for their situations uh, and for them to benefit at a higher level. Um, but I also talked to him very truthfully about, you know, what this really is, you know, and, yeah. and I'm not sure uh, enough people are, are, are doing that. Does it feel like at uh, that level uh, th- that if you could get some people behind the program in, in a significant way, maybe not on the level of, of a blue, bu- blue blood power five, that that you could um, leapfrog a lot of the uh, other established programs, even say in the Mac, like a I don't know Buffalo's favored this year, or whatever. It, it seems like it's an opportunity where maybe with even less than would be required at at the the Power Five level, that it could make a really big impact, uh, even with no, less no money. No question, and 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 uh, you know we we have some people here at Ball State that care about it. Um, that are competitive and, and they understand just like you do, like, okay, let's, let's try to be the best in the Mac. Mm-hmm. Right. Like let's, let's try to be the best uh, in the Mac on the football field. Let's try to be the best in the Mac on the basketball court. If we're going to go down this route and have 
um, you know, a collective similar to what you guys have, like, let's have the best in the Mac, you know, and like, if we're going to do it, let's do it. You know, let's, let's not half-ass this thing. Let's, let's go be the best. And, um, you know, I think we've got some people behind it that, um, you know, we want to, we want to try to be, be the best. And so we're working, you know, just as, as we're working uh, on the basketball court, though, you know, we've got a group of guys that are uh, excited about what this can become. And, you know, it's just, it's just, it's, it's part of what college sports has, has become. Totally. Right? There's like, you, you, you don't, you know, and people get nervous when you start talking about it, like it's here, like you better talk about it. You better understand it. Um, you better figure out what, what's best. Um, and I think, you know, right now it's just, uh, you know, for our guys, like, you know, can, is there a way that we can, you know, make their situation maybe just a, a little bit, a little bit more comfortable. I got to bring it back to IU for a minute here. So indulge me. Uh, some pictures went around uh, not that long ago, a couple weeks. Michael Lewis, Jamal Meeks returned to Bloomington, signed the alumni wall in the in the locker room. Uh, I believe got got to hang out for a practice, uh, chop it up with the coaches a little bit. Um, obviously, you saw the reaction on social media, on message boards. People were so excited just to have two guys that we love back in Bloomington, even though they're, they're working somewhere else, it just felt good to have some of the family back together. What was it like returning to Bloomington as a head coach of a, of a different school? And, and if you can give us what you saw in practice. A little bit. <laughs> I, I, you know, it was, it was, it was, I mean, it was really cool to be back. Uh, you know, like, you, you know, you, you, you drive around now, things look different, you know, I mean, it's been 20 some years for me. It's been way more than that for Jamal, but, you know, you were just, you know, driving around and, and uh, you know, I, I would swap a story and then Jamal tell me a story about, you know, we drive by, you know, a certain place or, you know, whatever. And, and uh, you start telling stories, but it, it was, it was really cool to be back there. Um, you know, we got to, uh, we got to stop in and, and spend a little bit of time with coach Knight, which was, was great. Um, oh, that's you know, awesome. To, to see him and Karen and, and um, you know, just be around him for some time. Uh, and we did, we, we stopped in practice and, and, um, you know, just, you know, having, you know, having one of us back there, man, is, is, uh, you know, where you, 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 you feel welcome. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, not that, that coaches in the past made you feel unwelcome, but just, but it's different. you know, it's, it's different, man. It's yeah. just, it's different walking in there and, and, um, you know, the, you know, looking, looking at the guy that's running the program and, and knowing that, um, you know, he cares about it, uh, the way that we care about it. And so, um, you know, that, that's cool. Woody's, Woody's been, been great. You know, I'm, I think, I think they've got a, um, a roster that right now, like, um, you know, I, I, I watch, you know, I, we had practice, we practice in the mornings here. So we, then we, Jamal and I jumped in the car and drove down there to, uh, catch them. And, you know, they're just, you know, they're just, they're big, you know, they're a big college basketball team. They got big, strong guards, um, you know, they got big, big uh, interior players. Um, you know, Peyton Sparks is a monster at our level. You know, he, he, I mean, he looked like a small forward out there, you know? Um, so, but they, I do, I, I'm excited about the season that they can have. I'm excited about, um, you know, Woody, you know, being down there and, and uh, obviously I worked with Kenya. I've gotten to know uh, Yah a little bit, you know, Brian Walsh um, got to know uh, this past spring and summer. Um, you know, and then I think, you know, having somebody like Jordan Halls come back, 
Yeah. You know, I think, you know, I, you know, I, we, we say it, we want to act like we're different. We're, we're starting to, you know, perform again, like we are different. Um, you know, we're, we're not like everybody else. When, when you, when you can bring, now they got to be capable. They right. got to be capable. You know, we, we can't just be handing these things out for free, but when they're capable, um, you know, when you can have Indiana guys back there, um, you know, I think it's a good thing. I think, I think our program's in a, in a good spot. Uh, obviously, we need to continue to, to grow it um, and get it back to where we all want. I wonder. Being back, I mean, hey, being back, being back in Assembly Hall, um, you know, like now the cook hall, that stuff, that's their locker room now. I'm like, man, that stuff <laughs> didn't look like that when I was there. <laughs> you know, you walk in there and, like, you know, it's, it's, anybody would do it, right? The, the old guys, you know, when I was playing, you know, right. we, we, we were in the same bad locker room. You know, and they're because we had a slushy machine and they didn't like you know, we, we won a lot more games than you. We didn't have a slushy machine. Like, now they got, you know, they got a full buffet. I was eating steak and shake four nights a week. So, you know, well, that's but, not bad. I'm not sure who wins on that one. Yeah. I mean, you just think where training tables got, and, you know, like, but um, I, that play is just, you know, it's a special place. And to be back there was uh, was really cool. And then to, to be back there with Jamal, who, you know, uh, played in a, you know, different different time than, than me, but, um, you know, you get back around those guys, man, it's all the same. That's I, right. I, I think we do sort of a spinoff of carpool karaoke where it's just you and Jamal driving around Bloomington telling stories. <laughs> <laughs> I like that idea. That would like, be good. I don't know if we, if we could show it on the carpool karaoke. Speaking of, and I can't remember, honestly, if you told this story on our podcast or just to us separately, I don't believe it's out of school to talk about this. I think it's okay. If it's not, we'll cut it out. But can you tell the story of when you were working for coach night and he uh, made you drive him there's a there's a story about you and Coach Knight with other legendary coaches. Oh yeah, yeah we I, yeah we can tell that. So um, I'm a GA at Texas Tech, and um, you know like you got no money, you know none of that stuff. You know I was, Nicole and I like uh, I went to high school with Scott Rowland, um, and legendary so he, baseball player for those right, of you. So who he's don't playing for the Cardinals. Sports. They're they're doing some interleague. Uh, they're playing the Texas Rangers. And so, you know, we get excited, like Nicole and I, like, all right, we drive over, you know, it's like the five hours from Lubbock to Dallas. Um, it didn't even, it was so dumb that didn't even put together like LaRusa and coach or, you know, they're obviously they're tight. I knew that. Um, and but so you we thought go, you were just going on a date. I just, yeah, I just, you know, like Nicole and I get out of Lubbock for, a, you know, for a night or two and, and uh, catch up with Roland watching play. And uh, so we, Greg Elkin, who was, uh, the SID for us when I played in Indiana was working for the Rangers. So he got us down, you know, on the field and we're up on the field for batting practice and, and uh, we're chopping up with Scotty and, and I just, this big Paul comes up, right. And grabs me and I turn around and it's coach. And it's like, I mean, come on, man. Like I can't even, be, you know, and uh, you know, so he's, you know, he, you know, does his little, little deal. And uh, you know, we go out, you know, I don't, I can't remember who won or lost, but we go have dinner um, with Scott and we're sitting there and sure enough, coach and LaRusa and their little posse walk in the same, I mean, out of all this restaurants in the Dallas Metro area, like they walk <laughs> in the same one we're in, you know? 
So then LaRusse has got to send over a bottle of wine and Scotty's got to send over a better bottle of wine. You know, we got to do all that deal. Right. So we have a good night and we go to the hotel and, and I get woken up by the hotel phone. Okay. Now I have no idea how this dude found out where I was staying. Okay. But it's, it's Karen on the phone. And she's, you know, trying to, you know, hey, hey, you know, coach is out playing. He's going to play golf at this place. Um, you know, if you could pick him up at this time, we can meet you at the game. Nicole can go shopping with myself and my sister. Right. And I'm like, you know, whatever. You can't <laughs> you say can't no. say no. You can't say no. Sounds great. Well, Aaron. All right. <laughs> tell me where to you know, where the, uh, the golf course is. And it, it, this is before, like, you know, you, now it's easy. This is before GPS and all that. Jazz. Right, right. So I go, sure enough, I go pick coach up. He's got to run by the hotel. Uh, he's got to change clothes. And then we're going to the game. I think we're going to the stadium. He, he's, I know where we're going. So he tells me to turn, turn, turn. All of a sudden, I'm pulling in the Dallas Cowboys headquarters. And I'm like, what are we doing? I was like, coach, I said, coach. And he's like, oh, we're here to pick William up. I'm like, William? Like, we're picking up Bill Parcells. Right? <laughs> sure enough, this dude comes waddling out, you know, and jumps in the back seat. So we start driving. And, you know, we're going, now we're going to the, the Rangers stadium. And, you know, Parcells is like, hey, Mike, you're going to need to, you're going to get off on this exit right here. Coach is like, no, no, no. You go. It's the next one. It's not this one. It's the next one. Well, he lives here. Right. <laughs> and, but coach is in the front, like, you know, so sure enough, I just bypassed the exit. Parcells tells me. Yeah. And I was going to say he lives there, but you work for one of them. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, he knows where we're going. Like coach is off. You know? And so I blow by the exit. And, you know, Parcells is, you know, he's giving me the riot act from the backseat, like, you know, blah, blah. And I'm like, hey, man, like, you know, this is my guy. Like, <laughs> I got, you know, so sure enough, we have to turn around, right? And we get back to the, to the stadium and we walk in and we go through, you know, the security. And I was feeling pretty good about getting through security because I had Bob Knight and Bill Parcells in my car. So I got to just, hey, listen, like I just pointed them and, like we're going through, right? <laughs> and so we parked down there and we go in the Rangers clubhouse and Buck Showalter was managing the Rangers. So, you know, we, we got to chop it up with them. And so then we head into the Cardinals and we walk into the, the manager's room. Okay. And so it's Tony LaRussa, Walt Jockety, Bill Parcells, Bob Knight, and me. <laughs> So how old are you at this point? Are you like 24, 25? Yeah, probably like, yeah, like right around there. Okay. Right around there. Um, yeah. Somewhere in there. Okay. No older than that. Right. Um, and so then, you know, they're chopping it up and it, it was really interesting them sharing stories of different instances and how they handled them. You know, it's different sports, but you're managing people. Right. Um, and then all of a sudden Don Nelson, walks in the room because <laughs> he's with the mavericks at that time. yeah and so like now i'm like you know i'm just like but at least i was smart enough like not to say a word like, <laughs> i got nothing nothing to contribute and i like to talk yeah. i have absolutely nothing to contribute to this conversation all right 
but it was pretty cool. And then finally, you know, finally, like, like Roman popped his head in there and he was done doing whatever he did. And I went and hung out, you know, with him a little bit. And then coach had invited us up um, to the suite that he was sitting in, you know, um, he was like in the, one of the owner's suites of the Rangers, whatever, which was really cool. Really, yeah. like, 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 like really cool and very appreciative, but like, I'm at a baseball game watching one of my high school teammates. Like, you know, I want a hot dog and like a cold beer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so I'm up in a suite, the owner's suite, and he's got a fridge full of cold beverages in there, but like coach is coach. And I'm not like, oh, you, know, yeah. have a cold, you know, like, and so, but it was, it was a really, really cool experience um, to sit there and, and to listen to those people um, where they were in their careers at that time. Um, you know, share the different, different things that they went through or were going through, um, you know, like Parcells was, um, he was dealing with Terrell Owens at that time. Um, you wow. know, some of that stuff, like, you know, just the different things that they were, they would talk about and share stories and, and ask and really kind of like lean on each other about how they handled it, how it worked, how it didn't work, what they do different. It was really, really cool. Experience. I, I want to ask, and I don't know if you can even remember putting yourself back 20 years ago when this was going on, but you know, if not, I'll just make it up. Yeah, yeah great, great. Coach Knight is the biggest presence in any room that he's ever been in. I mean, for, for the vast majority of people. Yet, and he has this this gravitas and this aura to him that's intimidating. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, it's part of his being. But he's in a room with guys, Larusa, Parcells, Nelson, who are equal in their in their sports. Could you sense that when you were in that room that like coach was not the biggest guy in the room but he was with peers and was that a weird dynamic to experience you know what, what i saw um what i remember just sitting there like besides like like what what, what am i doing in here like, <laughs> i just remember you know like just thinking like you know here here's a collection of the greatest people uh at that time you know in their respective sports. And so, yeah. um, you know, I didn't like, you know, who was the biggest type. Like, I just, I, I just remember sitting there and, and thinking about, you know, what each one of those people meant to their respective sport at that mm -hmm. time. And just the, the overall general respect that I think, I don't know how well, like I know coach knew LaRusa really well. All right. Right. I don't know if coach knew Don Nelson. Like, I don't know if Don Nelson thought coach could coach or if coach Knight thought Don Nelson was any good. Like, I, I don't know that dynamic, but I do know that just the overall general level of respect for each other while they were sharing and asking um, was, was really, was really cool to see. And then, you know, like I was just like, you know, what am I? It's, doing? it's such a weird thing because I think what you, what just to expand on what you're saying, most of the time when coach was in a room that you were in, coach is the one sharing. He's the dude. Yeah, he's knowledge. the guy. Yeah, yeah. Right. And yet now he's in a room where he can be receptive to other people's knowledge. Yeah. And that's just not a dynamic yeah. that 99.9% of, of people ever saw. Yeah, no, it was neat for each one of those guys, you know, because like, let's, let's face it, like everybody asked coach his opinion. Right. Like what in the situations that you were talking about. Yes. And to hear coach, ask somebody else's opinion yes you know, because he's the guy i think's got all the answers right and now he's asking you know some of his peers even though from other sports like you know like i you know how do i how do i navigate this or how can i do this better or, or what do you see right. you do it was um 
you know, I'm sure it's, you know, like anytime, you know, like you, you see, you know, whether it's a collection of, of um, different business owners or CEOs, they sit down, like, you know, it's a different level of, of, of talk between those guys that compared to them speaking to the people that work for them. Well, and I would just say like, we all have heard stories over the years and you were probably exposed to at least seeing these people around, but Henry Iba and Pete Newell and, yeah. you know, earlier in, in his career, um, I'm blanking on his name now, but his old coach at Ohio state. Yeah. Um, th- those were guys the coach respected, but very few times would, would other people be in the room when he's like asking yeah. them for their opinion. So you getting right. to see that is just such a singular experience. I love the story. It's yeah, no, it, it was, it was big time. And then, you know, sitting up in that suite with, uh, the owner, you know, and then Nelson was up there and, uh, but Parcells the best part of the story, but the best is, is you're, you're in this little, uh, you know, like, you know, over exaggerated coat closet with, with those, those guys. And, um, I mean, it was, it, it's a, it's a story and experience that, that I, I won't forget. I, I wish, you know, I wish I could have somehow recorded it or but you're just in such like, yeah. You know, all of the whole situation. It was, it was really good for, you know, somebody in my position. A story like that, I think, is just so entertaining and fun to hear. But when you have a story like that and other stories with these legendary coaches, and then you combine it with what you did as a high school and a college player at IU, and now you're back in the state, are you... Are you feeling, and of course, even even being an assistant at Butler right there in Indianapolis, um, are you feeling the effects of your, let's be honest, Michael, legendary status as a Hoosier basketball player? Are you seeing that come into play on the recruiting trail, talking to donors, just just to be able to be like, we were down in Bloomington, we we got to, to go to practice, we got to see Coach Knight. I got to feel like beyond it just being really cool experience for you, that helps what you're trying to build in Muncie. I, I tell you where it doesn't carry a lot of weight uh, is in, in my own house. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know you Nicole know, a little, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's not real impressed, and and I tell you, my two daughters are even less impressed. Yeah, they're, you know, they're sure. You know, they're like, what? Why? Why do they want to talk to you? Or like, well, you, you know, I tell them, hey, I got to go to Indianapolis and speak to this group, and and you know, are well, you just going to answer the same questions? You want me to tell you what you're going to say? I mean, <laughs> just, you know, and then they go into this little skit, you know, of, of all the stuff. But, um, you know that that's that's the cool thing about being back here, um, in Indiana is you know like. Um, you know, the having, having different high school coaches here at practice or, um, you know, like I had, you know, one of, you know, my, one of my best friends from, from high school, who's, who's now an athletic director at Jasper, he came up last week on their fall break and came to practice. And I, I took him, uh, down to Indianapolis to an event that, that we had to do. And, um, you know, and, and just, you know, just being around those, those people and the people that I'm familiar with, and, um, you know, then we spent the next day fishing you know, in my pond, you know, and, and people that don't know me, like, I'm not a huge avid fisherman, but I got this pond now. Like I'm so, you know, we, we go over to Dick's and we buy, you know, like, I don't know, like if I'm going to really like this fishing thing. So we just <laughs> buy two cheap poles and, and um, you know, he's got to show me how to do it all. And so we get out there and I catch a bluegill, he catches three bass and our pole, the pole I got was so cheap that it broke the, it broke one of the poles. So I had to go back and get, get a new pole, but it was a good, good bass. Right. You know, yeah. and so, and it was, it was kind of fun. You're just sitting out there and, and uh, just chopping it up with one of your, 
one of your buddies that you've known since third grade and you know it's it's quiet and you know like I it's kind of relaxing I never I never looked at it like that and I took my daughter uh, made her go with me and, and we didn't catch any fish so now she's really less impressed with me because she thinks we can only catch fish when Phil's in town <laughs> um, but it, it is uh, it's just neat to be back uh, in a place uh, that I'm familiar with and and Ward to your point um, you know where people are, are familiar with me and it's something that I try to share um, you know with our guys and our team like hey listen man you you can you can turn this basketball thing in, um, you know, to a successful life. Um, if you handle yourself the right way, um, you know, if, if you put yourself out there, um, and, and meet people, um, and, and connect with people and keep up those relationships, um, you know, it can really help you down the road. When you were back in Bloomington with Meeksy, where'd you go to dinner? Well, we talked about going to Buffalo uh, and then I, I said, Hey, you know, like, you know, I'm, I'm buying dinner. And then all of a sudden we were ended up as dog grabs. So makes like, <laughs> <laughs> smart, makes smart. Yeah, no, he's not dumb. No, he's not dumb. Um, <laughs> but no, so we, that, that was, that was really the one disappointing thing is like, you know, we, we only had one meal, you know, mm-hmm. we could, we should have like tried to fit two meals in while we we're there, but now we, uh, we went to Zog grabs and, and uh, you had some meatballs and a, and a big old steak and, you know, it was all good. What about uh, Muncie cuisine? Whenever we come there to to see you guys, where are we? Oh, I go, go. I go all over, man. I got, I mean, I've got. You know, you like, um, like I got a nice little hibachi spot. Mm-hmm. I've got a steakhouse uh, downtown. I've got a um, kind of an upscale pub um, in the downtown area. The great little Mexican spot there. Um, I got a little hole in the wall. Um, you know, towny bar. Um, you know, I, so so all those places. That's the first night. What's happening day two? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like I, you know me. Like I'll get you know I sit on that You'll patio go. if the weather's right and, and get on a get on the grill. But, yeah, yeah. Um, no, there's there's obviously you know it's a college town. We got a lot of unhealthy food, and, um, but <laughs> and I've tried uh, you know I've tried about everything you know since I since I've been here. But it's Muncie's a cool place, man. It's a it's a it's a college town. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's just, a, it's a cool place. And like I said, like, I, I really enjoy it here. I'm very comfortable uh, where I'm at right now. Hopefully our season goes the way um, that I still feel comfortable at the end of it. Um, but like I said, I, I, I do feel like I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be right now. Do you have your first game suit picked out? Uh, no, because I haven't been able to try them on yet. And so that's going to be the key. What I want to wear and what I can fit in might be two different things. Like that's this moving stuff, man, is not easy on the body. Like it's not easy. No, so, I know, get it. And I've gotten, uh, you know, the, the whole head coach thing, different problems come up and, you know, like, you know, when you think you're going to work out or you, you know, like you just, something happens and it takes, it takes away from that. Um, but the move was, the move was not good, man. I, I put on about 23 pounds in the move. And, um, we've only got six of it off. So, um, you know, I did, I, I, I got ordered a two more suits and, and uh, I said, do you need my new measurements? And he's, he just laughed and said, I'll just add an inch about all the places men kind of carry weight. And like, okay. So, um, I, I, I am, I'm going to be suited and booted. Some people have asked that I'm you're going, going suits. Up. I'm going Good. suits and ties. If I don't, and I will give this out. All right. If you see me not in a tie, it's not because, 
I, I, I don't want to wear a tie. It's because I can't, I can't button the collar. <laughs> no inside information. Have, have you let yourself, I mean, I, you're not like a sentimental guy. So, so I, I don't even know. Probably more so than you think. Maybe, more but so. you don't like to talk about it. Right. Um, I'm sorry. I just look over to the left and Holly is over here doing some yoga pose, just looking like a stork. Oh yeah. Just stretching. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, have you, you let yourself. Leave. Do you need to leave? No, no. I was going to show you. Oh no. She, she doesn't like that. She doesn't like yeah. that. Um, have you let yourself at all think about what it's going to be like coming out of the tunnel for the first time as a head coach for ball state for this game that you have dedicated your entire life to besides the 45 minute meeting you had about, (laughs) but, but that's more about the team. (laughs) I'm really talking about like what it means to you, Michael, that you've worked so hard. Your entire life has led to you being a head coach and, and you're there and there's only what 320 of you guys that are head coaches of division one programs. It's a, it's an exclusive group. Yeah. What does it mean to you? And have you allowed yourself to think about that at all? I really, I, I don't think I've, you know, like it's, it's a moment, honestly, that I've, you know, I probably played in my mind um, hundreds of times throughout my career, you know, but um, you know, I, I wouldn't say like I've, I've done a mental walkthrough at this point yet. You know, I, I think, um, you know, I think when that moment, like you just, you know, like I said earlier, like I, I am who I am. I'm, I'm, I'm authentic. Like, you know, like, you know, just going through that and, and experience, I'm, I'm sure it's something that I'll try to take in, but um, you got a huge responsibility to, to lead a group of guys that are, um, you know, at this point, you know, given our staff everything that they've got as far as allowing us to coach them and trying to push them to, to get better. Um, and so like anything that I experienced walking out, um, you know, you, hopefully I realize really quickly, we got a game in front of us and, and uh, how can I help these guys try to achieve what they want? You're going to do it the way you're going to do it. But if I could just pitch one thing. Yeah, yeah. Coming sure. out we of should. the tunnel, T-shirt cannon. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Boom. Just get them on your side right away. T-shirt cannon. Yeah, yeah well, you know, you got you to gotta connect. I think when you're, when you're at certain places, you know, you, um, you've got to try to generate some different um, interest and enthusiasm. So we've... I've got a few ideas and I I've, I've encouraged our, our people here to like, Hey man, like make me say no. Like right. I'm not, I'm not scared to toe the line. Like make me say no, come, come with different ideas. Like, you know, it's Muncie, Indiana, it's ball state, you know, let's, you know, like it's, let's, you know, they, they gripe about and they gripe about it at IU. Like people, you know, they're, they're there, they're tailgating, they're at the game. They just don't go into the game. You right. Know, well, let's bring the party inside. Like we, you know, we play in the winter time. It's, you know, uh, we don't have the LA weather here, right? Like, you know, trust <laughs> me, I've, I've already, I've already missed that, you know. But um, let's I like the- that being the promo. Ball State basketball, come out, central heating. Yeah, <laughs> that's the <Yeah>. slogan. <laughs> but let's, you know, let's hey, let's bring the party inside. You know, like we got we got fourteen, fifteen home dates. Like, why why can't we be the um, the highlight of the social calendar for that time? Whether you like basketball or not, like let's let's make it an event where you know people you know, in the community feel like they need to, they need to be at to, to be seen and be a part of something. You've you got to feel, I, I'm just going to say, you've got to feel great that you do have one thing at Ball State you could never have at IU and didn't have at IU, which is a mascot. 
What's your yeah. relationship like with Charlie the Cardinal? You know, yeah, he doesn't speak. You know, he's he's nice. <laughs> he comes up, um, puts his arm around me. You know, like we we hug, uh, but it, it, I feel it's very one sided. Like I, I say something and it, the dude just refuses to speak back. How do you know it's a dude? How do you know it's a dude? You checked under the feathers. That's a great question. I probably should, you know that's a great question. You know, he said he, they he, hugged. You know, he, well, I should say that very very strong. Oh, very strong right. grip. Well, I mean, women the, can strong hug, but. No, um, I, mean, but, I get it. You know, you know, it, it's, I, uh, I got to say, though, I am a coach Knight waiting to the last possible second to come out. That always got me. I loved that move. That's a strong move. And I know you're yourself, but if you're going to steal anything from somebody now, maybe you got to wait till you win a little bit before you pull that move. But that was a great move. And I, I always wondered, what is he doing back there? Like in those moments, what is he doing while everybody else is ready to play the game? I feel like there were times where they had to delay the start of the game because he was not ready to come out yet. Do you have any sense of what he was doing in those last few moments? Yeah, I don't think I can say that. <laughs> Lounging in the nude. Oh, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I wasn't in there. I don't. Yeah, I was, I'm just I was, saying. Uh, think about that as you as you come up with your own thing. Just think about the last minute walkout. I, I think I'm going to be thinking about a lot of things, Eric. I'm not sure, um, like, exactly what time I've left on the clock when I exit the locker room is going to be high on my priorities. But uh, I'll, I'll take it under consideration, you know. Um, look, Michael, I do want to plug for a second because, look, we are Indiana fans. You're an Indiana fan. But we are all Indiana fans, and the people listening to this podcast are Indiana fans. But we also support Hoosiers. Mm -hmm. And we went to UCLA games when you were out here to support you. And there are a bunch of Indiana fans in Indiana that want to support you and go to Ball State games. So I, I just – I think, look, there we went through the schedule the other day. There's a lot of games that, that coincide nicely with Indiana games where they're not playing at the same time. Go to Muncie. And go see Ball State play and support Michael Lewis and another in-state program. Uh, a lot of kids from the state of Indiana play for, for Ball State and will continue to play for Ball State. Is there an easy website we can direct people to to pick up Ball State tickets? Yeah, it's just Ball, Ball State Sports or, you know, BallStateSports.com. Like, I, I don't um, – you know, we, we can get tickets out. You know, like you, can, you can email our office. You know, you can email Bill Comar. We'll, we can get you in contact. Um, you know, it's easy. Like, I mean, we're, a, we're a 45 minute drive from Indianapolis. Right. Um, you know, and, and you know, I, I tell people, you know, you know, like, Oh, I'm an IU fan, but I'm a ball state fan. Or, you know, like, Hey man, it's the same color. Just put some red on, come on up, hang out. You know, that's like, right. Have, you don't have to let's change let's shirts really. Yeah. No, let's have some fun. And I think, uh, you know, I hope, um, that we build a program that, that people want to come out and support and, um, regardless of, of, um, uh, you know, who your primary, primary team, you know, may be, um, you know, come out and, and, and watch um, a good basketball uh, team play basketball the right way and compete at a high level. Ward quickly mentioned Buffalo earlier as being a, a team that was picked by the media in these meaningless preseason polls. We as Indiana fans, while we love Indiana and we're good at loving Indiana, we're better at hating other schools. We're better at hating Kentucky and hating Purdue. Who do we need to export our hate to if we're rooting for Ball State? Who is the rival for Ball State that we should start hating? 
anybody not named Ball State. Anybody I mean, in the MAC, we just hate them all. I mean, like if if, if your okay. coach Knight would always say this: Look, if the game's on the schedule and we have to play, we might as well win. <laughs> yeah. so like, I don't care who the other team is. Might as, if we got to be here and we got to play, like let's win. You know, so hate them all. I like that's, that. That's the that's the the great thing about fandom. You know, yeah, and we can like, hate them the all. Great, you hate them all. Hate them all. I do. Michael, I, I think it's fortuitous that I, I only have two kind of glassware in my house. We we're down to two of our four Indiana glassware that we got from like three years ago. A uh, couple of Nick's ball jars, but the rest are actual ball jars, Mason ball yes. jars. Yes. Every Who knew you could make so much money off a of, off a jar? Incredible. Incre- are, are, do those just permeate campus? Are there ball jars? Is that <laughs> what everybody drinks out of? Wait, sorry. I'm, I am lost here. I don't know the ball jars, ball glass jars. mason ball jars that say ball on them. Are you you're familiar with these? These are common across at least the continental United States. You're, you're are you talking about like at Nick's, the mason jars? Well, not not those specifically, but but that style. But if you go if you go to a World Market Cost Plus or yeah. whatever, and you get ball jars, and it says ball on it, yeah. that's Ball State. It's the that's same the family. family. That's the family that founded Ball State. Oh, so I like did not grandma, know that. Did your grandmother ever like can like vegetables? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're in ball jars. That's that's the family that that started Ball State. Well, then what the hell do you need nil money for? <laughs> Just tap into the ball family. <laughs> Open a couple ball jars filled with hundos and you're good. Well, I mean, you you can say that. I can't. I yeah. <laughs> All right, Michael, you know how hard we were rooting for you to get your shot at being a head coach when it happened. Not just us, but so many Hoosiers were just so happy for you and supportive of you. You can see it on Twitter. You can see it on message boards. People are watching what you're doing there and supporting you and rooting for you. And you, we just want nothing but success for you. Now, when you lose, I do want to be able to bust your balls about losing too and you blame you a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would like to do that. But we are rooting like hell for you, man. Um, and we rooted like hell for you at UCLA. And and that's staying with us to Ball State. We want nothing but success for you and your family. You are a Hoosier and for Meeksy because we love Meeksy as well. And BC. So, what? And BC. NBC. It's, it's a nice Indiana connection. We can't thank you enough for spending time with us. The season is days away. Good luck, man. And uh, go kick some ass. No, I, I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I, I, I do miss uh, smoking those cigars with you on your patio. So, um, if we're lucky enough to, whenever we get that first win, uh, we'll, we'll FaceTime and, and, uh, I like that light up a stick. So, and we, we uh, are looking at the schedule and we're going to come out for a game. And when we come out for a game, we'll try to, you know, drum up some interest from other Hoosier fans to join us and make the trek out to Muncie to see a game. Cause yeah, tell, we want to be there in come person. On, man. It's great to be back here. We're excited about the season and, and I appreciate what you guys do, um, in supporting Indiana basketball. It's big. By the way, Good I luck, do need coach. to tell you. You, you do oh, know, though, sorry. that Go every ahead. game. I was, sorry, I, was, I, I have just to trying to get him. in like three words. My bad. Yeah, I know. Just <laughs> why would you try? Um, we do need to tell him when Ward and I go to Indiana games, we tend to they lose basically all of them. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry about that. Stay away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying when we come to Ball State, it may follow us. That's just. No, uh, no, so I, you, I don't I don't uh, as, as Ed Carpenter told me, who drives Indy cars, 200 
38 miles an hour down the straightaway. There's no place in sport for superstition. So you guys just bring your, your, your butts up here to Muncie and, and uh, catch out a catch a game. I like it. Good deal. All right, fellas. I appreciate it. Good luck, coach. Thank you. That was a guest. That was a guest. I mean, he's just one of our favorite people. What's there not to love? That's the real deal right there. You know, I, we didn't get into this, but what's interesting about being at a ball state, which is in the Mac, which is typically now a one bid league, yeah. is you're not playing for regular season championships. You're not playing for like regular season record. You are literally playing for three days in March. Yeah, it's a three day tournament. You want to you want to play, obviously, for for the one seed, for the high seed. But th- that is a little bothersome to me in that you can be the best team and have one bad day and any chance of March is eliminated. Totally agree. I, I mean, I the conference tournaments you get wrapped up in because it's basketball and your team's playing and it's fun. Like when we beat one Michigan in Illinois, yeah. that was all fun. But the team that won 16 games out of 20 over the course of the last three months is the best team and they deserve the automatic bit. I agree. I mean, there's it, no doubt. It's, it's uh, to, to make a, a less important uh, situation comparison of, of fantasy football. I'm in one league now where you get paid as much for winning the regular season as you do the, the tournament, because it's just, you know, it's, it's, the body of work it's like clearly this team that over the course of 20 games proved night in and night out they're the best team they should be rewarded with that automatic bid yes but now back to michael success for him is going to be making the tournament at some point you know and that is how you're judged and we've talked about it a little bit that like there are ways that you prepare your team for a three game tournament as opposed to the long haul of a 20 or 18 game, 20 game conference season. You rest guys when you, you maybe wouldn't otherwise. You mm-hmm. don't you know play a guy 38 minutes in, in a game in early January because, you know, you got to save them, you know, and winning that game isn't as important as having them fresh in the tournament. Also, I will say. While getting the top seed might matter, I think a lot of times in those conference tournaments, as we see all the time, it doesn't really matter. You're yeah, playing at a neutral site. Exactly. If you can get a bye in that, the first yeah, that's round. that's more what I was indicating. And I don't know with the MAC how many teams, you know, but if, if, if there's two teams or four teams that get a bye, you want to play yourself into one of those. Right, exactly. Although I'm sure other people would make the argument, play as many games because you get into a rhythm and you start rolling. Like, who knows, right? Yeah. But, but – that's how he's going to be judged. And, and it's funny, you know, Jim Beheim made some comments recently that got a lot of publicity. Did you see those? I did. But, but he, Jim Beheim was basically saying, I don't give a shit about the regular season. I'm fine going 500 in the regular season and then going to the Sweet 16 because that's what we're judged on. And his teams historically have been more prepared for the tournament and more success in the tournament than they ever have been in the regular season. Um, and it's an interesting thing, and and I, it it, and that scares me. But like, it makes me nervous for Michael that everything is about those three games in March. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and, you know, like he said, he doesn't believe in the word pressure. He doesn't like that word because I think a guy like Michael, who, like you said, was a legendary high school basketball player, and then Indiana Hoosier, he lives for that stuff. 
Yeah, I think it's there's a different paradigm like that, that while most normal people, you know, the heart rate goes up, the the breath quickens. Um, some some people are just built different or or evolve in a different way as they they go through a playing career and then a coaching career to to truly thrive because they're not looking at it as, oh, God, this is so extra important now and tighten up. I, I think that's exactly right. And I think, honestly, it's part of what hurt Archie at Indiana was that every game, every moment seemed like the end all be all. Like his and, head was going to explode. Yeah. And that gets, you know, as Vince McMahon used to say, shit rolls downhill. For sure. And it does. It does. You feel the stress of the people that are on top if they're feeling the stress. And if they're loose and free, you feel that too. Mm-hmm. And, so I'm just really excited for Michael. Um, you know, you and I have been lucky enough to spend time with him uh, and his family outside of podcasting. And he's just they're just salt of the earth people who love Indiana and love basketball. And he's back in the state of Indiana coaching. And look, we don't need to get into what the future might be, but I think we all know what the future could might, potentially be. Yeah. It, and and so we want him to win. I want him to win for that. And I want him to win because he deserves it. And he does things the right way and believes in the right things. And he's just so much fun to talk to. Great storyteller. And that's the thing, like with him and Nicole. And I, I don't know if enough value is placed on a sense of humor because you did reference our previous head coach uh, and 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 just what it can do at putting people at ease. And it's so much about the idea of, you know, people won't remember what you said to them, but how you made them feel. And just to have a a sense of humor about yourself, about life, um, it helps take things and honestly in a, in a much more manageable and, and realistic setting of like, Hey, you know, we're playing basketball and we're going to take our work in, in between the lines seriously, but let's, Hey, now come into my office and, and hang out and, and let's have some laughs. I'll tell you a couple great stories. That's really valuable. It, I, I could not agree more about the sense of humor thing. And coach Knight has had and has one of the best senses of humor ever. ever. I mean, just biting and hits you like an uppercut, like when he does it and did it in the past and knows that he's doing it. It was so good. And you're right. And look, I I, I want to say this about Archie. When we talked to Archie on the podcast and conversations I had with Archie and we had with Archie off the podcast, he has a sense of humor. I think, though, that it gets so pushed down because of everything else that he doesn't allow it to come out enough. Yeah. And, and it's a shame. I think it did hurt him at Indiana. And and you're right. And we look at Coach Woodson and he's got that in spades. Oh, you know? yeah. It's, it, that's at least in our interactions. That's that's the default setting. Let's let's tell a funny story. Well, look uh, what Tamar Bates just said about him last week. He got them old man jokes, yeah. you know, and yeah. and I don't know if you saw, but, you know, the whole team went and saw Kevin Hart in Indy. Last week, I, 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 I mean, like I knew Kevin Hart was small, but when you saw him next to Race and Trace, it was, it was almost, it was, it, it looked like an, an optical illusion. Yeah, yeah, it was Photoshop. <laughs> it, that's how small he looks. But Trace was interviewed by someone 
afterwards, or maybe it was an Indiana video. No, I think he was interviewed by somebody and he's with Woody and race. And they asked trace how it was. And he's like, Oh man, Kevin, that guy, he may be the funniest guy I've ever seen besides this guy right here pointing to Woody, mm. you know? So there, th- that sense of humor is such a disarming, uh, admirable trait on somebody, especially somebody in a position of authority, because it is, it, it's what allows you to get close to them yeah. in, in a way and break up the seriousness of what you're doing. So good luck to Michael, Uh big season coming up, big season for Indiana, big season for ball state. Uh, we got to get out to a game there. But yeah, you know, I was going to say uh, this is the last time we'll be talking on air preseason. Oh, my God. It's so exciting. It's so exciting. Days so away. I'm coming right. over. We're going to watch that game together. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier Hysterics for the hysterics. No E, no I. But, but the, the sometimes, sometimes why. See you next week. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics.